All right. I'm Michael Marinello. And I'm Robert Mathers. And this is Radio Free Jersey Presents of All Time. On this episode, slapping the bass. <laughs> um, are we rolling? Yeah, you know, one in doubt, go with a, an awkward Paul Rudd reference, I think, is a... <laughs> I couldn't of come course. up with any other, like, actual cool base, mm-hmm. you know, quote, um, right. to tease what we're doing today. <laughs> uh, but before we start that, how have you been, sir? Not bad. And, and you? How, how, how are things uh, in the borough of the township? Or the township of the borough, whichever way you want to say it? Uh, very good. Although it's funny that you say that because I got my, uh, I I got my ballot. Oh, right. Yes. I I remember talking about this the last time we recorded the, uh, so I I got it, put it in the mail like Mm -hmm. that morning. Right. Um, and, uh, I, it said the township of Verona. Really? Somewhere along the way, I believe we have dropped the borough of the township, but I am, I am drinking water tonight because it is ungodly hot out. Uh, from our, uh, the, the pint and a half glasses we got at our 20th high school reunion. <laughs> yeah, I have two of them. Yes, yes. exactly. And it, they're big and, uh, yes, they're great. Uh, a shout out to Erica Balestro de Simone yes. and, uh, Peggy Ward. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. uh, at least one of them is a consistent listener of this program. <laughs> I believe that would be uh, Margaret Peggy Ward, Esquire. Margaret Peggy Ward, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, well, well, cool. So uh, you, I, you, we we hinted at it. Let's uh, come out and say we are going to be talking about a list of uh, what's this? Rolling Stones all-time top fifty bass players. Correct. And this is a fairly recent article, um, uh-huh. and it was written uh, July 1st of 2020, so a couple of weeks ago. Right. And it is a, uh, the, the, the authors of this particular piece uh, are Jonathan Bernstein, David Brown, John Dolan, Brenda Ehrlich, David Fear, John Freeman, Andy Green, Corey Grow, Elias Light, Angie uh, Martin. Martokio, I probably butchered your name, Jason Newman, who we've referenced before, as well as Rob Sheffield, Hank Shadamer, and Simon Volchek-Levinson. So it is, um, as usual, we're going to uh, just highlight and and debate the top 20. Right. Um, But overall, um, they, I was, uh, I was happy to see some people on this list. I was puzzled by some others. Right. And of course, uh, I, there are three people that I'm shocked did not make the list at all, even cause they brought it up to 50. So, right. So, all right. Uh, the, I'm, I'm interested to, to see. Uh, what what ones did not make it? I um the, or, or maybe there's somebody I'm missing. So, all right, let's uh, let's jump in. So this was again we we went through uh, who selected this, um, and the interesting thing here is before I jump into the 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 twenty through sixteen, it it is a fairly they do not stick strictly to rock. Um, 
uh, or even like pop. It is, you know, session players. It is uh, jazz musicians. It's kind of all over the place. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I will give them off the off the top some credit there. As will I. Yes. yes. So number 20, uh, Rick Denko of the band. Uh, number 19, Verdine White of Earth, Wind & Fire. Number 18, The Fish himself, Chris Squire of Yes. Uh, number 17, Robbie Shakespeare, such a musician, Peter Tosh, Grace Jones, Talking Heads, Bob Dylan, Mick Jagger. And number 16, Charlie Hayden, uh, who was an, a jazz musician uh, in Ornette, all Ornette Coleman's free jazz band. Uh, Yoko Ono played with Pat Metheny, Ringo, Katie Lang, uh, you know, a, a varied session musician. So uh, the, let's uh, let's go with uh, let's let's discuss 2316, Robert. So uh, I think part of how we're going to couch this, and I have a feeling it will dovetail into how we're going to talk about a, a future episode, p- potentially the next one we do. Some of these yep. folks I had never heard before in my entire life. Some of yep. them realized I had actually, I didn't heard, let me rephrase that. I hadn't heard of them. Right. You didn't know the I name. Had, right. But I, I heard their work right. uh, and it totally checks. Um, and then there are others who, all of the above, I had not ever heard of them or uh, or or had heard their work. Rick Danko, of course, one of my favorite people in the entire universe. <laughs> um, yeah. We have told the story, I think, I don't know necessarily on this particular podcast, but on other ones. Yes, I, I, uh, I know at least on the last one, on the, the previous incarnation of Radio Free Jersey, we told that one, um, and I, I think you may have also told it on Reddish Brain as well. Oh, um, yes. Oh, going way back. Yes, going, um, going But the way short back. version of the story is uh, I, I smoked pot with Rick Danko while I was getting him to get IDs when I worked at WZLX in Boston, and I had a very pleasant conversation with Rick Danko. Right. Uh, and he's a, he was a sweetheart of a man. Um, yep. And just a really solid, accomplished bass player. Yep. Um, exactly, and and songwriter too. I mean, he kind of yeah. had the whole the whole thing there. Exactly, um, and a uh, and he drew you a, a stick figure drawing too, right? Uh, yes, he drew me. I had him sign my laminate. Rookie <laughs> move, I know. I had him <laughs> sign my laminate, and he, uh, you know, and it it was uh, a stick figure of me uh, smoking a doobie, as he put it. <laughs> So yeah. just for that alone, uh, Robert, I'm going to go and say he's a little bit too low on this list. But, uh, you know, your mileage may vary, but I, I would think he, he should uh, he should. Move well, definitely belongs in the top 20. I mean, there are some other technically proficient right. players. I'm. But def- I would definitely put him in the top 20. So I'm, I'm okay. glad to see him there. OK. Um, Verdine White, I had roughly heard the name. I wouldn't be able to pick him out. Having said that, I definitely know Earth, Wind, and Fire. Definitely heard his work, and I, you know, I think, um, I, you know, I, I would. I don't have a, a real specific issue, but uh, I, you know, I'm willing to, willing to listen. I, I don't know what your uh, background is with him. Uh, I knew his brother Maurice, uh-huh. right? Um, yeah. The sort of singer drummer for, um, for with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just I think at one point when I probably for some other reason had that lineup committed to memory for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, really accomplished. Absolutely. Um, yep. You know, 
uh, I, I, you know, belongs certainly in a top 50. Uh, although I think of Earth, Wind and Fire as a more of a brass. Yep. Uh, funk band. So maybe not so high up, I guess. Right. I, I would agree. So 18, Chris Squire. Uh, this, again, is my obvious, uh, for anybody who's been listening to either of these two shows, know that I have, I'm a big sucker for, for Yes and all their permutations. Uh, so naturally, I am going to be a big sucker for Chris Squire. Uh, he was in every version of, of Yes. He wasn't in uh, any of the offshoot, Anderson, Beerford, Wakeman, Howe, or Asia. But uh, from everything from with John Anderson singing to... Uh, Steve Howe to Bill Bruford playing drums, all that stuff from, from the first album up until the later albums of like Union. And then when John Anderson left the band and they, he was replaced by a French Canadian dude, it was uh, Chris Squire and a great musician, a great, technically great, uh, great harmony vocals, you know, and also just super, from all recollections, just the, 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 the life of the party and a great guy to be around and, and a fun guy. So, but having said all that, I'm, you know, obviously I have a, a clear bias. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the bag for, for Chris Squire and yes. So uh, take, take that with um, a grain of salt. As well, so about a year ago, I got to see basically Steve Howe's version of yes. Um, yes. Alan okay. White came out a little, was played a little bit um, with them. Um, and they had a a replacement guy. Uh, they had a replacement guy, I think, uh, but I don't remember his name. I don't think it was Billy Sherwood. It could be, actually. Um, and Billy Sherwood had um, had been worked with Yes before, but as uh, Chris Squire was aging or, or getting okay. sick, uh, basically Chris Squire said, you, you should replace me. And, and they did this little tribute. Uh, to him at this concert, you know, in some like you know, in the marina and the inner harbor. That's what we were in in uh, in, in okay. Baltimore, Maryland. So, yeah, Chris Squire is okay. great. I mean, just that, just that drum or the, just his solo alone on Long Distance Runaround is uh, is amazing. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Robbie Shakespeare, uh, as you mentioned before, this is a person I had heard of the name, but I you know I couldn't be able to tell you. Um, and looking at who he played with is certainly impressive. So um, I, I couldn't think of a distinctive Robbie Shakespeare bass line uh, unless somebody told me like, oh, yeah, on this song, that's him playing that. He came up with that. Uh, so um, I, 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 you know, uh, I, I'm assuming that he, he's, he's great. I, I can't really argue strongly for him to be higher in this list uh i'm sure i could put a couple of people ahead of him but uh i don't know what uh, what are your your thoughts uh, i agree 100 percent um okay and i think as we go along the fact that this is the greatest bass players of all time uh you know it's going to be tough to once you once you start adding jazz and uh, jazz guys in here basically uh so you know right. where do you put rock in do you make the list a little bit bigger if you're going to include some of the folks that are left out but yeah you know listen right. he, he helped punch up peter tosh helped punch up the talking heads and didn't think you need two different bass lines in the talking heads um right but, yeah. yeah all right and charlie hayden very yeah. similarly, I another name I was familiar with, but again, not somebody I knew particularly well. Uh, I know Ornette Coleman is not necessarily my uh, 
cup of tea when it comes to jazz, I'd like a little bit more um, melody uh, than Orm- Ornette Coleman's kind of free free jazz feel. Um, so, but that you know, that, that, that's just a, a personal preference, and and the uh, you know, I, I, I like a little bit more structure, but uh, certainly a a very capable and technically proficient player, uh, just not maybe, you know, uh, what, what I would Im- immediately think. Right. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, now here, here's, uh, the, these next will be interesting. Um, number 15, Donald Duck Dunn of Booker team, the MGs, blue blues, brothers, Clapton, Stevie Nicks, uh, Bill Withers, uh, John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin, um, and still to this day, well, I'll, we'll get into that a little <laughs> bit later. I'll, I'll save it. Um, Stanley Clark, Return to Forever. Um, Willie Dixon, who I was not even aware was a bass player. And number 11, Phil Lesh. Still still going strong, Mr. Phil Lesh of the Grateful Dead. Well into his 80s, yes. Um, yeah. Actually, I think he just turned 80. I think he's Ringo's age. Yeah. So I I like this chunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duck Dunn. Uh, I love Booker T and the MGs. Uh, I love his playing on that. I love all the Blues Brothers stuff. Uh, the stuff from Clapton. I just think a a solid um, and definitely in the pocket has a great groove. Especially um, what's it? Alan Jackson Jr., who's the drummer for Booker T and the MGs. Mm-hmm. When the two of them are together, uh, I think it's just remarkable and just a, a great. Uh, um, everything just sounds amazing with them. And John Paul Jones, I, I, I think he's criminally underrated uh, when it comes to Led Zeppelin. Uh, I, the fact that, you know, Jimmy Page and, and Robert Plant go out on tour without him or do or talk about Led Zeppelin reunions and, and don't <laughs> include him just baffles me. Uh, well, there's <laughs> some um, he's been invited every time. Um, but he just, he's like, I did that. You know, he's the major Led Zeppelin reunions. He was a part of the no quarter tour, the walking into Clarksdale, um, you know, from the late nineties, mid, mid to late nineties. Um, right. And the Amit, uh, Amit Erdogan, uh, show. Yeah. Celebration day. He was, yeah. And he does great. It's funny. I was watching celebrate because they just reran it for, you know, a COVID charity in the UK. Uh, a few, you know, probably in June sometime. And so this was 07. And this is like long white haired uh, Jimmy Page, which I think he looks awesome. Uh, Plant, <laughs> you know, Plant still has it. Uh, Jason uh-huh. Bonham filling in for that. But John Paul Jones doesn't look like a guy that's in his 70s. Uh, right. John Paul Jones looks like, you know, a hip, cool British yep. uh, uh, dad. Uh, who's mm-hmm. maybe in his late fifties, early sixties? He's just he's fit. He's got short hair. He he just <laughs> right. you know he's such a serious player. And then he gets this twinkle in his eye, and the and the right. little you know. But I had heard the smile rather. But I had heard that uh, when they did those tours, he just he said I don't I'm doing other stuff. And I think you know he was uh, he was doing soundtrack work and he was producing and he just didn't want to go out on the road because I don't think his kids were fully grown by then. Uh, or okay. he had just, you know, he's a, he's as we learned in the fantasy sequence and song remains the same. Uh, John Paul <laughs> Joseph is the probably the most family guy, family oriented right. uh, member yep. of the whole thing. But um, 
I have his solo album. It is uh, um, that came out almost twenty years ago. Very very powerful um, bass playing on that. Um, you know, and so I have a slight qualification to rate some of these because I am a bass player who will never make a top list. Um, <laughs> so I can appreciate right. Um, uh, you know, his technique, I have, you know, I can just about get through Dazed and Confused. Right now, that's the only Led Zeppelin song that I can play most of. And then <laughs> I have to start hitting roots, you know, so I'm missing the fill part. Right. Uh, um, yep. uh, but going back up to Donald Duck Dunn, um, yep. I certainly, uh, I, the first time we saw him, very understated, barely has any lines in the film, but as the bass mm-hmm. player for the Blues Brothers band. Um, yep. Stanley Clark, I had uh, not heard of. Um, Willie Dixon, of course, amazing songwriter, but was also a session blues uh, player, played with Bo Diddley. Um, and I think I want to say, let's see what they have to say. I want to say B.B. King, but I could be wrong. Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley. Okay. Um, okay. But, you know, wrote, well, he wrote, I Can't Quit You, Babe. Uh, right. You know, and and I ain't superstitious, and uh, um, just a. But you, you hear his playing on some of those records, um, and he was an inspiration to Bill Wyman, which we will touch on yep. at some point here in this. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, yes, Phil Lesh, uh, yes. who is a classically trained musician and guitarist. And the Grateful Dead needed a bass player, so he's like, all right, I'll do it. And he plays a six-string bass mm-hmm. uh, like a guitar. So he right. um, sort of helped drive bass guitar as both, uh, both a lead instrument and part of the rhythm section. Right, um, yep. but But tended to be not part of necessarily percussion like um like he just never well he never did like play drums with uh, you know in the grateful dead will do this thing called space it's an instrumental sort of long jam thing and then the rest of the band right. leaves the stage and it's just um bill kreitzman and mickey hart uh you would think that a member of the rhythm section would play in that but but no he just sort of you know went off on his own doesn't tour with that in company right. because again he's in his 80s and he's just right yep you know i'm going to do my own thing uh i don't right. plus he also i think he's had a, a new liver um mm-hmm. um but just a phenomenal a phenomenal uh, a bass player and i always thought when I started seeing them in the eighties, uh, that Phil Lesh just—he looked like a high school chemistry teacher to me, and I just thought that was really cool. That that he was not a rock star, not that the Grateful Dead ever right. were, but didn't. I mean, he'd wear tie dyes every so often, but yeah, he was just like, I'm happy to be up here, and it was always about the music for him. Right. He can't sing worth oh. a damn, but he's a great bass player. <laughs> Um, all right. So let's move, let's move on to 10, uh, through six. Um, let's see. Ron Carter, another studio musician, a jazz musician, some guy named Paul McCartney. I think he was in Wings, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jaco Pastorius, 
uh, a very famous, uh, you know, weather report and a, you know, a famous jazz uh, bass player. Larry Graham, Sly and the Family Stone, also is did is his band uh, Graham Central Station. Uh, I think they had a, a, a hit so, song. Right. Uh, I I will I will check that uh, offline once once I. And number six, Jack Bruce of Cream. Uh, solid list. Um, I think all around, right? Right. Or yeah. I, you know, again, um, let's see. Larry Graham, I would we keep up there. Yeah, actually, you know, and Jack Bruce, they're all very, um, as with actually all of them in this category, are all very, they're almost lyrical bass players. They're not much, you know, they're not along the lines of a Duck Dunn or even a John Paul Jones where they're kind of getting in the groove. They're more kind of, you know, doing their own thing and kind of uh, getting out, you know, more in the Phil Lesh mode of let, let's also contribute to the melody, not just the, uh, not just anchoring the mm-hmm. song and, and doing things like that. Yeah. I mean, Larry Graham, as the article says, and this I had heard before, you know, he's the guy that kind of made sl- the slap bass technique uh slap into bass um like a thing because it it rolled into funk and in this article i didn't know uh this i just i had i had heard the story that he wanted to uh basically they didn't want to have they couldn't get another drummer for sliding the family stone with the way i heard it i thought an additional like two with the almond brothers two with um Mm-hmm. The Grateful Dead. That he, so, but it was because they were missing a drummer <laughs> at one point, and he was trying to emulate that by thumping the strings with his thumb to make up for the bass drum, and then plucking with his fingers to make up for the backbeat of a snare drum. Um, but it's you know, it it you don't have funk as we know it without right um, one other fella, and certainly Larry Graham. Mm-hmm. Um. Ron Carter, yeah, I don't know if I would have put him that high up. Um, right, yep. Jacko, Pastor, I mean, he says he was the greatest bass player ever that lived. Right, I believe there's a. Um, I don't know if it's on Netflix or one of those. One of the streaming services has a Jacko um, documentary, which I haven't gotten yeah, around to watching. <laughs> that I, I do, but again, yes, but he's those. That's the funny thing. It's um, he's one of those guys you just hear of as being like. Uh, you know, oh, he was, you know, uh, like actually him and uh, who was the other pl- player higher up on the list uh, and Stanley Clark. Yeah. Those were two kind of very technical kind of jazz, jazz fusionist players that people kind of always, at least uh, people in the Verona music, uh, Verona High School music rooms would always right. talk about. And, now, <laughs> and, and where do you sit with Jack Bruce? Uh, um. I I'm I think very wait now you see now I might be confusing him with Ginger Baker is was Jack Bruce kind of the the dick of the two or was Ginger Baker the well, more I of the dick? Depend on who was drunker. Um, <laughs> I think Jack Jack Bruce was the sing main singer for Cream right the bass player right yep. Um, but you know I don't um I don't know if I would have put him this high up yeah um only because and it may be because you know clapton and the and the electric guitar drove so much of those cream songs 
Um, and you are just being, you're just really have to be back there with Ginger. And then you're also singing, so you don't have a lot of time. But he's, he's very proficient. Um, right. Um, I can play some of his stuff, you know, if I follow along with the tab. Um, you know, I, he's good. I don't know if I would have put him at number six. I, I would have put him up in the 20s or so. Right. Probably. Now, remind me, um, in Blind Faith, it was Ginger Baker, Steve Winwood, and Clapton and, and, and Rick, Rick Gresh, Gresh yeah. not yeah, not Jack right. Bruce and Rick Gresh okay. nowhere to be found on this list. In the top 50. <laughs> so, all right, so yeah, so there you go. Um, uh, let's see, it's top five: Carol Kay, session musician, and um, you know, uh, if you've watched, um, is she an Echo? Uh, no, what's the, uh, the, the oh the um, the Brian Wilson film that we just yeah the um, with Paul yeah, Dano the Brian and, Wilson yeah. film and also um, the Wrecking Crew film mm-hmm. uh, goes in and talks about her. Uh, She's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Booty Collins, also great. Um, uh, he was a solo artist, but got to start in P-Funk. He might have also been in one of James Brown's original. He was, uh, and I think band. his solo stuff was after P-Funk, or no, before P-Funk, actually. It, it, yeah, that sounds yeah, right. He was and J- he's also... He was, J- he was in the JBs in 1970. Uh-huh. Uh, and then from there, yeah, he went to George Clinton and par- Parliament... Uh, funkadelic right and of course and for yeah yeah for the for anybody uh in their <laughs> 30s and 40s he was in the song delight groove is in the he heart plays he, it uh, and he sings it right or he's the yeah uh, uh-huh. is so. heart. <laughs> exactly and uh number three john and and twistle of the who and number two charles mingus uh very famous jazz band bassist uh jazz leader uh, a band leader as well uh one of the few bass player band leaders and number one james jamerson of motown uh which is if you ever watch any documentary on either motown or even like uh beatles uh the stones all the british musicians um that are on this list you know so jack bruce paul mccartney they all uh you know basically base themselves off of mm-hmm. James Jamerson of, of Motown. Right. So basically any Motown hit from the, you know, early sixties, uh, through the early seventies is, uh, James Jamerson on base. So what I found interesting was, um, I had, uh, like the name sort of was in my mind for years. Um, but I didn't necessarily put it together. I connected him as a bass player, but I didn't know that he was that guy. Like if you right. listen to, um, my girl, for example, which is referenced mm-hmm. in the article. I mean, that is a, just an awesome, yeah. very powerful yeah. yet simple bass line that that yeah. James Jamerson. Tears of a yeah. clown, all those Smokey Robinson songs. Uh, Shop around. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just he's amazing, um, yeah. and very understated. Um, so yep. I could see, but he also influenced, like you said, right, Mike, he influenced all of these other guys. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, I think solid, solid, um, I think Entwistle, I don't know if I would have put Entwistle in the top five. I, I, you see, I agree. Um, I, I think he's good, but I don't think he, um, I don't think he makes that band nearly as much as the drumming of of Keith Moon and, you know, the guitar playing of Pete Townsend uh, as much. Uh, I think, you know, like, for example, 
when Keith Moon died and Kenny Jones played, you know, everyone says it just wasn't the same. The Who didn't feel the same. I think that you won't get the same type feel, uh, you know, if it was, you know, like now when they play without John Entwistle, I, I don't think you really, uh, I don't mean to disparage a dead man, but uh, I don't think you'd get the, the same uh, missing feel uh, that you would get by taking Keith Moon out. Right, because it's still... Now, that's an interesting point, right? So, when... Because uh, uh, Entwistle and Townsend still, as you said, tour as The Who. Or when I saw Yes yep. Without Chris Squire. This, they they just can't... Uh, they don't even, I mean, the solo is just... It just doesn't... It feels different. And I won't say wrong, but you definitely feel a missing piece. Um... Because I think, uh, well, Steve Howe just, you know, he's he's now become the um, uh, Tom Scholes or Brian May. Well, Brian <laughs> right. May's not a dick, but Tom Scholes of this is my band and you're all here to just back me kind of a thing. Right. Um, and we, he, Pete can do that sometimes, Townsend specifically. Um, right. Whereas you take someone like, um, you take Dead and Company, which doesn't have Phil Lesh playing, doesn't have Jerry Garcia playing. They don't try to emulate that. It is another group of musicians that come from the core of the original band. To This is a new band doing these basically new American standards. Um, and O'Teal Burbridge is uh, amazing. And he's not on this list at all. Right. And yeah. I would have put O'Teal definitely in the top 10. He is an amazing right. musician and an amazing yep. bass player who has played with the Allman Brothers band, who's played by himself. I mean, he's just, he's just, a, and he's a great human being. So. I, I agree. Um, so I have a list, if you want me to start with, since I kind of jumped <laughs> into that. All right, O'Teal definitely should have yep. been on this list. Um, and then we can, sort of I think go through some of the people that I think should have been or we probably think should have been higher up uh, right so the aforementioned Rick Gretsch should have been on a list even if it's a top 50 so, so again yep. we're going to get to the point where why didn't you just do 175 right um, Mitch Mitchell right uh, play with uh, oh yeah uh, how was he not right, on there because yep. Mitch Mitchell was a guitar player and uh, that Hendrix said, I, I'm going to do lead and rhythm. I need you to play bass because I've never played bass before. That you can do it. And right. he, the, he, the Wind Cries Mary, for example, does oh, yeah. not work without him following and accompanying Jimi Hendrix. Plus, it's a song exactly. I can play. Um, yep. Um, Klaus Vorman didn't make this list. Yeah. Yeah. How many Beatles does he have to play with to, to get a, himself on a, on a list? You know, he's played with John. He played with George. He's played Ringo. with Paul you know, and Ringo. <laughs> right. um, you know, and Manfred Mann. I mean, that's where he started, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Barry Oakley of the uh, original bass player for the Almond Brothers. Uh, those yeah. early tracks, you, you don't have that sound. You have the dueling Dickie Betts, Dwayne Allman, but you you lose it without um, you lose it without Barry Oakley, um, right? And, and I would say, well, 
I mean, there were some... I forget who, who followed Barry after he died. But the last sort of run of the Almonds, Alan Woody, when the Almonds started recording yep. together in the late 80s and early 90s, uh, and then he went on to Government Mule and, until he passed away. Um, and, mm-hmm. and Alan Woody's kind of blind, too, so that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, again, O'Teal. Um, I was really shocked that Adam Clayton is not on this list. Yeah. You, you yeah. don't have, I mean, you, you pull him out of you too. And yep. you got a big hole there. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. You, you could pull Larry Mullen out. <laughs> but I think Adam Clayton is a, is a very, cause very, I mean, listen to, um, and they don't feature it because the edge is just so all encompassing. Right. But you listen to God part two, which is yep. basically, oh, yeah. you know, it's Adam and Bono. Um, uh, we referenced this on our U2 show oh, uh, a number of episodes ago, but, you know, I love the Playboy Mansion song, and that right. is such a great bass line. Mm-hmm. For me, a good bass line is if you can just, I mean, it, it's like, if you can just sit back and and you, it makes you want to just sit back and, and, uh, and have a scotch. It's just warm and earthy and oaky and all of, you know. It's so, um, yeah. So those are the those are like the key people. I was like, I could, I cannot believe they didn't make any of this. Not just the twenty that we referenced, uh, right? Exactly. The, you know, but the fifty overall. Um, right. And yeah. And where was where was Bill Wyman on this list? Right, so so now we're getting into the the criminal criminality of this list. Uh, Bill <laughs> Wyman is uh, twenty three. He definitely should have okay. been in the top 20 because you don't yep. have early Rolling Stones without Bill Wyman. I will argue you don't have the current Rolling Stones without Bill Wyman. And his documentary is flipping amazing. Right. And then where is um, Daryl Jones, who, you know, in addition to right. playing uh, with the current Rolling Stones for the last 25 years, um, played in Sting's band, yeah. played... And, you know, also played on a lot of jazz albums, yeah. uh, Miles Davis. Or played. He was not on the list. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, uh, Getty Lee, yeah, 24. Just, I think Getty Lee should have been in the top 20 because... Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, uh, Getty Lee, I would also put, you know... Um, well, actually, and maybe correct he, me if I'm wrong maybe here. Maybe he is where... Maybe he does belong in the top. Yeah. Right. But correct me if I'm wrong here. Like John Paul Jones, did John Paul Jones also play a lot of the organ and keyboards yep. on a lot yep. of the uh, Led Zeppelin songs? Yeah. So Getty Lee, uh, you know, as Rush started to change their sound and and incorporated more keyboards, he was playing both bass and keyboards mm-hmm. and or you know doing and so, singing. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's an he's a, a multitasking little Canadian. Uh, I thought Tina Weymouth could have been a little farther. I mean, she's good with the talking heads, but I would have, I wouldn't have put her at 29. Um, uh, Sting at 32. Yep. Yeah. Now I'm willing to give a bit of a pass in for this reason. He, he has admitted and talked about, uh, you know, especially a lot of his early police songs. He would basically, write you know he had purposely very simple uh bass lines that he could sing around yeah. so that he could basically concentrate on the singing and playing that now 
some may take that as, you know, not being super technical, but, you know, the other side of that is maybe he's, that's just what the song needs. And it's, you know, kind of a great, you know, necessity is the mother of invention right. type thing. Yeah, no, I would, um, I would argue with that, but I don't, even though he played bass in the police, I don't, I think of Sting more of as a songwriter uh, and a singer. Right. He's, a, he's a decent singer, you yeah. know, but I don't, yeah. he wouldn't jump to, to certainly, I wouldn't, if we're going to do a list of a hundred, I would have put him farther up in, in, you know, near, near the middle of a list like that. I thought John uh, McVie I was, uh, I think John, well, I think John McVie will probably belong somewhere in the, actually, you know what? I'm going to take that back. John McVie just, he was, where is he? 40, 50, uh, I, actually, I would have put him. Yeah, he's he's an okay bass player. Okay, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I definitely think um, uh, he was thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah I would have put him. You uh, know, that's that's fine. Uh, although Les Claypool should have been a little higher up. Uh huh. I'm trying to think of other bass players that and and other bands and and where those bass players may be or or are. Um, uh, nothing that comes to my head, but I like your list of of who was not on it at all and or who was way too low. So I think, um, and you can stop me if you've heard this before, but I think we are going to call some bullshit on this I list. Think it's uh, a, there, yeah, Robert? I think we're going bullshit with it with a small, a lowercase bullshit because I think there was an attempt. Okay. I don't think they were trying to yep. be, you know, the, as we've accused Rolling Stone of being a little too cute for the room. Yep. Yep. Um, but for sure, yeah, I think um, you know. I think they could have easily done 100. They've done 100 before. I think they could have found, especially because they were including jazz and blues. Um, you know, they could have. Uh, well, Jesus. Um, uh, from ZZ Top. Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, uh, not the... Billy Gibbons, not Frank Beard. The other guy, Baba. Yes, exactly. Um, you know. And oh, uh, yeah. I would put Cheryl Crow. Yeah. She is an accomplished. She plays both, but but on a lot of those early tracks, uh, yep. you know, she was she's a bass player. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would have. Oh, you know who else they forgot is um, Rob Wasserman. I don't know how they left oh. Rob Wasserman off because Rob Wasserman is an incredible bass player. Um, and you don't have some of the Grateful Dead songs that Bob did solo uh, without mm-hmm. Rob Wasserman, and uh, and yep. he was one of the first guys to sort of pick up sort of the weird 80s electric bass and not make it you know where they with a this it was all you know the strings were sort of folded underneath there's no traditional yep. cap up on the neck um yep yep, yeah, yep but and he's just amazing very and he's a great stand-up bass player too uh right yeah. all right okay so i i think um um the one thing i'm going to to leave everyone with if everyone if anyone wants a little bit more information on um carol k uh also another uh interestingly enough another person who started as a guitarist and took up the bass uh and and also played bass uh or kind of came to bass a little bit later uh and an amazing studio musician 
Um, there is a kind of a love letter song to her, uh, written and performed by a artist named Laura Veers, mm-hmm. uh, called Carol K. So if you uh, look it up on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Music, uh, you'll hear, and it basically goes through her entire biography, album she played on and songs she played on and, and, you know, good vibrations and, and the smile sessions and all that stuff. So it's, it's a, it's a fun listen and it, it'll get you in that, um, it basically, uh, Laura Veer's writing on how, how cool was it to, uh, must have been to be, um, Carol Kay back in, you know, the, the mid sixties and, and, you know, uh, playing bass on all those amazing tracks. So, um, but, uh, to wrap up, we are, we are both calling a, a slight BS on <laughs> <Right>. this list. <laughs> well, I think we're going to bring it in for landing, shall we? We shall. All right. Thank you all for listening. And you can follow us uh, on our socials at uh, Instagram, RFJ of all time, and Twitter at Radio Free Jersey. Or you can visit us online at RadioFreeJersey.com. And uh, please tell a friend about us. Uh, yeah, If you head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating, it's going to help us uh, You know, uh, go up the charts, as they say. Thanks, everybody, yeah. for listening. This podcast is a production of Radio Free Jersey.